Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 in the Non-Canon Fall series. I'll be your host today, Patrick. And joining me today are my two creepy co-hosts. Spooky, explosive, uh, yaoi hands. Uh, Colt. I forgot my name. Uh, Weeaboo Wenzel. I'm just imagining uh, Colt is just like master hands, but they're giant yaoi anime hands. Yeah, and you won't even, you really, you can't tell it's yaoi hands. Uh. They are, because they're not attached to a body, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, because you kind of need the context to to see how big Yowie hands are, but just know when he erotically forces you into a corner and you you blush looking down, that's in the moment when you'll know. What the fuck? But in any case, uh, this is the this is one of our seasonal anime reviews. We're talking about the fall 2020 lineup, and we have five series to talk about today. And starting off, we have Jujutsu Kaisen, which debuted September 19th. It's currently streaming on Crunchyroll, and the synopsis for this series is an athletic high schooler gets dragged into the world of the supernatural when he encounters a sorcerer who's attempting to recover a dangerous cursed artifact. What do we think of this series? I'm really enjoying it just from this first episode there's so much going on here that's good it's perfect for the time frame that it released which it released september 19th and it was leading into the spooky month and uh this show radiates halloween fall energy and it just enveloped me and it felt amazing yeah no this looks great the complete like colt said completely halloween spooky vibes perfect uh kind of it's like uh it feels kind of like a mix of um mob psycho and um uh boogie pop oh yeah that's what it kind of feels like because I, I really am uh liking the sort of the, the horror vibes that the, that the show has but get, but get into the, the story a little bit also just so you know there will be spoilers for every first episode that we will be discussing today so just just so you know but uh with the, with this series the main character he's sort of this very sort of athletically gifted high schooler like like literally all the sports teams want him on their clubs and but he's just sort of want to make his time to hang out with sort of the uh the more or less fortunate members of the school that's why he chooses to join the uh, paranormal investigation club and and he's but he still has to like fend off you know upperclassmen trying to break up the club and like uh the, the coaches trying to recruit him for their job even though apparently he's superhuman uh athletic uh, yeah because uh they give him a, a fucking um what are they called um a shock put i think yeah the ball. yeah he uh the the coach you know of course it was a good bit their competition and uh he throws it you know it was like ah record uh and then the uh our main character gets it, and he, like, he gets in his hand, it's like, ah, you know, heavy, it's like, oh, he's a weakling, and fucker pitches it, like a baseball, <laughs> 30 meters away, like, okay, like, of course it's, like, you know, anime trope as shit, but damn. He <laughs> doesn't just throw it along with, like, it fucking embeds itself into the steel soccer net. Oh, my God. And you know, now that I think about it, uh, like, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. The, just, uh, strong boy. Big strong boy. And he splits his time between the club, but also he takes he's taking care of his, as far as we can tell now, his only living relative, and that's his grandfather, who seems to be on his deathbed. And apparently no one else in their family is really there for him. So he's trying to, to make time for his grandfather, despite his grandfather trying to keep him at bay with, like, but just, like, being rude and mean and nasty to him. Basically, the grandfather feels guilt for being, like, a, a low-down person all of his life, and he doesn't want his grandson to associate with it anymore. As, as, as almost like some weird form of contrition. 
Yeah, it was that that was kind of like um quiet like a quiet sadness right there when um when his grandfather like um he was trying to tell him about something about his parents which you know of course is probably something important later or not we'll see. Um he was he was just like uh don't you know don't die like me which is like you know don't die alone and then completely caught me off guard uh grandfather dies. <laughs> yeah, just right there. Like, damn. Um, oh, shit, you know? Oh, man, the, the reason why that caught me off guard, too, was because I thought, like, maybe he might be a, a character kind of, like, recurring through the series because he's in the intro, which the intro was sick. So fucking sick. Yeah, yeah the intro was very good. It has, has a lot of really nice, like, fluid animation moments we'll get to that one in a set because that's i was at a really great intro but yeah it was a i remember reading the first few chapters on the shonen jump app and i was kind of feeling with it but much like with demon hunter it wasn't until i saw the anime that i really got like a, a much stronger impression for it and that was a very you know surprisingly like an emotional moment like he his grandfather really dies in that dies in that moment and it wasn't like the old man like ah, i got you bitch i'm not really dead and then dies later no it's like he he dies in that moment and he realizes that he kind of uh died in his uh his sins he died alone but like two minutes later he's like immediately happy uh guy said give me the finger and he's like just forgets about his dead grandpa <laughs> well you i mean no context yeah I guess, but like he was like he was like, you know it's like that thing where like you know my grandfather wouldn't want me to be sad about this or something you know so like it's like the trope of like he's buried his feelings you know because because he brings up his grandfather's death later on and in, in sort of the climax of the story because what Colt was going back to with the um, with the finger there there is a mysterious man that's sort of hanging around the school looking for this cursed artifact that we mentioned earlier his name is uh, Fushiguro. And he works for this, like, clandestine organization of sorcerers that are sort of keeping, like, these demonic creatures called curses in check. And he's looking for this very dangerous artifact because in order to keep curses at bay, they, they employ, like, stronger curse objects. But, um, unfortunately, what keeps them at bay, it also attracts them in a, in a certain respect as well. And apparently this cursed object was found by it, um, the main character. Uh, yeah, because... Um the cursed object he's looking for is like is like super powerful and like it it was like I th- from what i can understand they probably have like um they have special rankings for certain objects and this one is like outside of the normal ranking it's special special grade and um so that's like ah oh, shit and the reason why the main character has it was just because their paranormal uh, occult club whatever was just interested in it and the um the leader of the club was like uh they t- they took it and they're going to try to like mess with it and see if like anything happens pretty much yeah, yeah take off trying to do some kind of exorcism or something on the finger not not necessarily an exorcism just like they were going to which is what happened was they were going to unwrap it from its um i don't remember what it's called now the fucking the just the paper that it was wrapped in the bindings bindings. that's what they were gonna they're gonna unwrap it and just kind of like you know see if there's anything just like paranormal about it like you know just a paranormal object kind of like the like the fucking dybbuk box that that coward didn't open He's he's letting it get milked. He's got to let the Post Malone open it. Maybe Post Malone, yeah. please open it. I want to know. At the very least, sanction another witch fight. Yeah. Oh, please, another witch fight. 
Or, you know, get Travis Scott in there and have him just say, it's lit. <laughs> but, I just can see him saying it's lit and he just bursts in the flames. Or, or like, he puts the uh, the mic up to, to the Dybbuk box and, like, you just hear, like, auto-tuned, like, demonic mumblings and he's like, straight up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Scott was the Dybbuk box spirit all along. <laughs> Ew, okay. How'd he hide that tiny box? It wasn't until um, Astroworld and Cactus Jack. <laughs> That's how he spreads his curse. Oh, God. You know, it's not a curse. I like Travis Scott. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the, the two members of the Paranormal Investigation Club, they're able to un- undo the bindings on the cursed finger, which is the, the severed limb of an ancient, like, demonic king. And of course, you know, shit happens, and all and all the curses that were hanging around the school, they are drawn to just the abundance of evil energy, and then the two kids get kind of caught up in it. So you see, like one like one small demon's just like engorge itself on the energy and starts like trying to like eat the kids so they can get to the the finger itself. And so uh, Fushiguro uh, and and the main character Yuji they get back to the school, and uh, of course. Hushiguro being like that, the seasoned fighter, he says, stay back, kid, I'm going to fight this bitch. And so he runs off into the school and summons like his two like... Demon dogs. Magic wolves. The Shikigami wolves. Ah, oh, man, that was so... Ooh, I like that. Like, kind of like Naruto. He did like some hands shit and then demon dogs. And then the yeah. one white wolf and one black wolf, they had like symbols on their foreheads and uh, they tore shit up. Yeah, they go ham. They eat the demons and all that. And I will say, like, there, there, it's, it's a pretty solid level animation throughout. But when it gets to the action, it re- you really see a notable uptick in the uh, in the action, just sort of the speed and the fluidity. Like, it it really maintains a strong level of quality throughout the show. Oh yeah, exactly. Like uh, the like that scene specifically I'm, that we were talking about. He uh, he, it's pretty much him running through the hallway, the dogs running alongside him, and like they're just like tearing through these curses and like. It, I'm trying to think. It kind of this animation reminds me of the um, final fight, sort of like the the fluidity uh, and this like just how like smooth it is, sort of kind of reminds me of like the final fight in the My Hero movie, uh, not the not the new one, the the first movie, um, Two Heroes. Were they bouncing around all the tentacles and whatnot, or the roots or whatever the metal hell that was? Yeah, yeah, that. That's what kind of yeah. reminds me of. And then, um, not to be outdone, the main character realizes that he, what happened with his grandfather is that he doesn't want anybody to die alone. He wants to sort of to, to help people live a, a life worth living before they die. So, in order to do that, he fucking jumps through the fucking three-story window and just smashes through it and beats the hell out of the uh, the, the, the big blob curse and sw- swoops the kids up. Yeah, and that, and, and when he does that, that's when um dude comes in and his wolves just take it out. Like, it doesn't even look like... You don't even see his wolves. It just They just cut right through it, and it's just... They just start eating him. Um, And then when we... And then when he gets the little, little finger, you know, save his friends... Um, yeah, uh, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm like... I'm just thinking uh, something, though, about his grandfather, even though you think about his death, he said that, like, he died naturally, you know, or he died, like, normally, you know, like, even though he died alone, he died, like, in a hospital. But, you know, having having these people die by monsters is not normal, so he has to he has to step up. And um, but then uh, when you think it's safe, it isn't. Yeah, because we see the demon from the very first part of the episode where uh, Fushiguro was investigating the school looking for the severed finger. He returned and he's also 
engorges himself on, on the ambient evil energy and he attacks uh the gang uh fushiguro pushes everybody out of the way but he gets hurt and so like it's up to itadori the main character to sort of fend off the, this giant blob monster but how can he do that when he has like no extrasensory abilities no curse magic like fushiguro does and the thing is too he's literally bound like he is he is bouncing around this guy and like at some point he like he grabs the monster's arm and like swings it across like the um the the walkway or whatever and breaks it like over the walkway and then gets on top of it smashes its eye i'm like okay wait a minute you're telling me that he like even though he can't destroy it he could still beat the shit at like <laughs> like man like he's not only is he gonna he's a main character so he's gonna get like you know he's gonna get magic stuff later probably obviously but like not only that he has he's really strong like <laughs> i don't like i don't know it's just it's just you know me and cold have always said if if we ever get threatened by a demon or a ghost just or some kind of monster or something just punch it just fight it and he's literally the manifestation of that energy that we have when you said you just punch the demon, I thought your, your your usual go-to was just either shit yourself or jerk off. That's cold. You, That's the, for ghosts. That's for ghosts. <laughs> oh, my bad. I, no, I... Punch a demon, jack off in front of a no, ghost. No, Colt is jack off and shit. Me is tackle or punch. No, you... It's actually... It's in front of demons and ghosts. They'll look at you and they'll be like, That's gross. I don't want any part of that. And they'll go the other direction. Or unless they think that's hot. They do? That's when you, you punch. Covered in shit and nut. That's all you yeah. gotta do. Then, then ask the ghosts to uh, subscribe to your OnlyFans if you if they want any more. Yeah. Then you get the demon currency, and then by the time you die and you're in hell, you get that demon money. I'm thinking about the future, guys. I don't know. I'm gonna punch my way out. Or you could be chilling like a villain in hell with all that with those that fat hell bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but like, wouldn't it seem kind of like a dick move for like God or whoever's up there to be like, be like, ah, he punched demons. He's gonna go to hell. Like, dude. I was doing your work. Like, bring me up. I don't know how many demons you have to punch to offset all the times you nutted. Oh, God. Don't even get me started on those demons. Pat, let's get back to the anime, okay? <laughs> don't don't make us think about that. Like you said, punching demons. The main character, you know, he's just whooping on the demon. It can't do much because the demon's re- uh, regenerating as fast as he gets a punch. So the main character realizes, oh, we have to fight curse with curses. So he swallows the, the severed demon finger and gets super demon powers, and this is when his punches actually make an effort. He gets he starts he grows like really long fingernails and fingers, and he starts to develop markings. Um, I really want I hope I need I want to watch episode two. I really hope he talks about how the finger tasted because I do want to know what it tasted like. Um, <laughs> I imagine something close to. It's some kind of jerky, of course. It's That's what I was be. thinking, jerky. But if you look at the finger, there's little uh, roots and stuff on it. There's like little branches, like tree branches with leaves. I don't remember. I don't. I'm trying to remember this last five minutes. I think a part of my brain fell out. Well, uh, like I remember him chewing the finger, and I think I blacked out when he ate the finger. I think I got scared. Well, whenever he ate the finger, um. The the sor- the other sorcerer guy he's like um, he's just like okay there's a if you do that you're gonna die but then he was like ah but there's a one in a million chance that and like you know it's cut off and it's like oh it's like there's a one in a million chance this guy is gonna get the pa- gonna get superpowers and stuff but no he was like there's a one in a million chance that the cursed object will like manifest and that's pretty much what it did it manifested in our main character's body 
Um, like I said, he gets markings. He, you know, he gains an extra set of eyes, uh, like kind of like below his eyes, but like on his temples. Um, yeah. And that's when he's just offset from the top of his cheekbone. That's where like the demon eyes grow. Yep. And uh, starts speaking in the um, the monster's voice. Uh, I don't remember. It had a name because the finger it its finger that was its finger, and um, it just starts talking. Yeah. The the, mo- the monster's name is Sukuna, the King of Curses. Oh, okay. There we go. And he wants to wreak havoc. Okay. I remember. So. Like, as soon as he ate the finger, the demon talks, and then uh, he's like, I will wreak havoc, and then the guy's like, What's, what are you doing? Stop. Just stop it. And he's uh, just stopping the demon, and the demon's surprised. It's like, what in the world? How is this guy stopping me? Yeah, he's uh, he's suppressing him, and then the sorcerer's guy is like, you're under arrest! <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> because it's the story. This episode ends with the um, with the sorcerer Fushi girl ready to, to stand up and like fight off Itadori while he's possessed in order to like keep this demon king from like resurrecting completely. So um, I honestly I think it's like it was a fun first episode. Like this is obviously going to be the big shonen for the season. And um, I, like I said, I read ahead a little bit in the manga, and like I'm definitely um, liking like the aesthetic, the spooky demon vibes, like how visceral the monsters and everything are. So I'm definitely willing to check this out. Oh yep. yeah, a hundred percent. I want to keep up with this. It's it's gonna. It looks like it's gonna be a fun time and fun thing to just watch during the spooky season. And uh, before we wrap up with this, I did want to go back a beat and talk about the intro yes 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 it's not not just the intro but overall the music that they use throughout this uh show is really really good it's has like an indie i want to say a math rock uh type sound and it it just makes every single part of my brain light up when i hear that good shit i um i'd have i would concur i agree there's some good stuff I don't know. I really enjoyed that intro um, because, like, in that intro, you know, you just get like a you just get like a sneak peek of like the um, you know the characters that we're gonna be seeing. Motherfucker, there was a panda in the intro. Yeah, there was. There's a panda like running the top of a, a rooftop. Like, I want to know about this panda. And the thing is, it's like it's like one of those one of your standard anime shots where like the characters running. This panda was running off a rooftop. It looked like some man put on a mocap, and that's how they got him running. And it looked so good, man. I. That threw me off. That I don't know what to do now. I think I'm going to watch episode two, probably. I, I think maybe, I don't know if episode two or three is out right now, but after two. this, I think I'm going to watch it. Two's out, and I'm, I'm the same way. I have to watch it, because um, we get a little like sneak tidbit at the very beginning, but I won't say that. Um, that has me interested about like where where we're going next. And uh, like I said, that intro was really good, because like, it just gives us a little tease of like, you know all the characters. Uh, I I'm assuming the head um, jujitsu guy, like he wears a um, a band over his eyes, and like there's a little at the very end. He like he very like he's about to take. Looks like he's about to lift it up and like use his power or whatever it is. But you know we don't get it. And like I don't know. That just got me excited. It gets you hyped. And then uh, the main character in the intro goes back to sleep. Is that night night? Good night on the train. I, I will say there's they for the episode two preview. Um, there is there's one character that I think will be fun to actually see them in person because you just see this like very stoic older man surrounded by a bunch of creepy plush dolls, and he's and his character is really funny. I think I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. Oh hell yeah! All right, 
All right, so I think this is a pretty unanimous uh, recommendation for Jujutsu Kaisen. We hope. Oh no! Oh yeah, I actually think <laughs> no one should watch this. It's heresy against the church. <laughs> <laughs> I just like how I see on Discord everybody's little dot just goes silent after I say that. Like, <laughs> like you fuckers weren't expecting that. Got you. Wenzel once again sticking his dick in the pudding. Yeah. So, Jujutsu Kaisen, not Pope approved, but AYCH approved. That's right. And moving on to the next series, we have Dragon Quest Die No Daiboken, or Dragon Quest Adventure Die, or Dragon Quest Die's Big Adventure. This was released on October 3rd. It's currently streaming on Crunchyroll. And this is the story of a young boy named Dai, who's the only human in the land of monsters, and he's raised on tales of, of a great hero. But when an evil lord is, is resurrected, the same one with his childhood stories, he's thrust on a path to like, becoming the hero of legend himself. A little bit about this series is this is a, the latest adaptation of Dragon Quest Dai's Big Adventure. The original manga ran for seven years, in 1989 to 1996. And the original anime was from 1991 to 1992. And this is like an original story based in the world of the long-running RPG franchise, Dragon Quest. The art style, while uh, similar to Akira Toriyama, is actually by Koji Nada, who did the art for the original series and has his own shonen series known as Beat the Vandal Buster. So all that aside, what do we think of Dragon Quest? Uh, as somebody that's played some Dragon Quest games, I've played... I'd say mainly the modern ones. I have not gone back and played any of the old ones because uh, I just haven't. I've played Dragon Quest Eleven and the Heroes, which technically aren't Dragon Quest games, but I really enjoy it. And this, it feels like, from what I can gather, a very fun start to a what looks to be a very good Dragon Quest story. Uh, we got the... There's a character in there that looks a lot like Erdrick from Dragon Quest Three, And I thought it was like, is this taking place during Dragon Quest Three? But no, it's just some random guy that looks like him. Uh, probably just paying homage to him. It's super cool. Super cool. Beautiful. Uh, the animation quality, it's super good. It's uh, whenever it's not 3D, which they use uh, very little... It's really, really good. Um, when I was watching this, I was like, where's Mr. Dragon Ball? Where is Mr. Dragon Ball? The Dragon Ball. He's, he was the, uh, he's the little uh, nugget guy. <laughs> oh, man, I love that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I love the little guy. Uh, his name is Brass. He's the, uh, he's, um, the, our main character died. That's his, uh, caretaker and master, sort of, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> the music at the beginning when it when it was going through the island, uh, that sounded like Pokemon music. Um, but And it also kind of gives off Pokemon vibes with how he, he um, the, our character... Uh, gushes and gooshes? I can't remember what the words were, but... Gulp. Gulp and gush. Okay. Uh, Gulp, gulps, monsters, and gush. And also, I just thought it was fucking funny how he he gulped his own fucking grandfather, master, caretaker, monster, and um, <laughs> attack. <Fuck. laughs> no, it was uh, yeah, it was animation's good. Um, I like the idea, you know, with the with the monsters. Of course, the monster designs look you know fun and cute. Um, which it's the same monster designs that Dragon Quest has been using for I don't know how old Dragon Quest, but ever since the beginning of Dragon Quest. These are the exact same designs. They're timeless. They're 
Just fun, oh, cute, wow. and all around of good time. And they act, and even though they're fun and cute creatures, they got the shit beaten out of them, which was kind of sad. I felt really bad yeah. uh, with those fuckers came in there. Ugh. But yeah, I really, I really had fun with this. Like Cole, I've, I've played some of the games. I played Dragon Quest Eight, uh, but probably my favorite Dragon Quest game came out for the DS. Uh, Dragon Quest Rocket Slime, where you play as a little slime to, and you help free all the monsters in the valley. Iconic little babies. Yes, because like much like Pokemon. They have a very well-known, iconic monster design. They're all like very cute and whimsical. And even if Dragon Quest is not super well-known in the states, it's like one of the like one of, if not the biggest RPG in Japan. Like it's rivals Final Fantasy in terms of just you, cultural ubiquity and popularity in Japan. And this had a very like I'm not sure if nostalgic is the white word, but it felt like an old-school anime. But it didn't really feel like it's sort of trite as maybe an old one may feel like in time in the years gone by. It felt very fresh and fun. Like you know, it's just an energetic main character, you know, with a bunch of monster friends trying to like thwart like this, you know, no good team of quote unquote heroes. They got um, decked, son. Yeah, king slime and a dragon. Yeah, I really like how they introduced the king slime. Uh, he has these little tubes that are pretty much pokeballs where he gulps and he gooshes. And then uh, when he gooshes. He had golden cylinders. Yeah, and the one of the golden cylinders contained a bunch of slimes. And uh, if you don't know about Dragon Quest, when slimes get together, they turn into bigger sizes. There's many different types of slimes, metal slimes. You saw the gold flying slime. And then we got the king slime, which is usually the strongest slime, but it's not. You got the gold, you got the metal king slime, which I think is the strongest. So if we ever see the metal king slime, it's over for everyone. But this king slime, boy, it be killing. The person that uh, the king slime tagged is 100% dead. That's canon. <laughs> yeah, because like when um, Dai uses his little his monster capsules to like fight off the sort of the unscrupulous heroes. You know, someone put up a good fight, some are knocked down. Then, like, the the lady of, of the team, she's like, she has, like, a knife to the golden slime that's died. She holds best it friend. hostage. She's like, she puts a knife to its body. She's going to pop it like a zit. But then, like, all the slimes come together and make the, the big, fat king slime. He just, like, <laughs> six on her. And she's, like, she's dead. D-E-D, dead. Oh, yeah. Also, another point where the other person in their squad died was when he summoned the dragon... The way the dragon's fire breath melted that one guy, it looked like he was disintegrating. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why he wasn't dead. I think he should have died. I, th- I think people should have actually died. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Dragon Quest is going to be that kind of sh- uh, show, but... There was blood! Monster blood! Monster blood. The people may not die. I guess the monsters are, are more expendable. Because, like, all the monsters are peaceful because they were, like, under the command of the evil um, demon lord that took over the world... But when it, when he died, like all the monsters kind of went back to living in peace on this one island, and that's why the 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 unscrupulous heroes were there to like make a quick buck off of any rare monsters that were there. Yeah, main character died. He get he, you know is able to rally and get all his monster friends to help, and then we have like a quick jump ahead to him learning how to use magic because he wants to be just a straight sword hero, but like his grandfather monster uncle mentors like no you're gonna be a magician and you're gonna like it no a mage pat get it right yeah mage but we all know a true gonna be a mage 
He will be a mage, but we all know a true hero is well-rounded in every single ability. So Nugget Man needs to take a seat and let him play with his sword. Yeah, like... You can use sword and sorcery. You can do both. That's why they have red mages in Final Fantasy. Or whatever I mean, the Dragon Quest equivalent is. The fake hero was even used fire magic, like... And he had a sword. Come on. Take... T- calm down, Brass. That's his name, Brass. Yeah. I guess because he looks like a, a gray, fleshy bell with legs and arms. I don't know. I it kind of I keep wanting to say the um the uh the word for uh, bug poop is like isn't it like crass or something? I don't know. Well, anyway. Well, crassy means like so if someone's like rude or crude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you know he's he's brass. So I, I just took I just thought he called brass because you know bells are made of brass and he's kind of bell shaped. He looks like a. Like a little piece of poop, to me, because he has hairs. Yeah, he's a dried out turd. I'm trying to find out. Like, I can't remember what he's called, but there's like, uh, like every single monster in Dragon Quest. Uh, there's not only one. There's multiple, unless it's like some mythical thing. It's essentially Pokemon. Oh, it's called Frass. Frass. Okay. Yeah, the excrement of insect larvae. I think I think uh, this will be a fun series to continue. Like I love love the monster uh, in Dragon Quest. Like e- even though the, the the series has always had like this you know traditional RPG you fight these very you know creative, colorful, personality filled monsters. There's always been like this side series for Dragon Quest where you capture the monsters and you train them, much like Pokemon. So to me, that, that, that's that's a big incentive to con- continue with the series. Is just like being able to see these classic monster designs and just sort of see where this like fun little story goes. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I'm a hundred percent. I want to watch the rest of this. I think I'm gonna keep up with it because I love Dragon Quest and uh, the first episode. It felt like a nice little fun romp through the universe. At least a little taste of it. And that, and actually feels a little. It felt to me a little, a little self-contained in a, in a, in a way. But of course, you know, we have the uh, the lead into the rest of the series where, like, this uh, princess from another land who's sort of going, just sort of a part of this big quest. She arrives on, on the island to like seek the help of, of Brass and Die, and then she sort of like scoffs at like how tiny and yeah. shrimpy Die is. She says, "Oh, how small and undependable!" Like, okay, bitch, body shame. Yeah, that's like, mean. Yeah, and also he's a kid. Like, get off the island. You know what? Fuck this. Oh. <laughs> That's what I would say. Uh, one more thing I just remembered. Uh, when they're fighting the enemies on the boat, one of the enemies freezes the monsters. It was like a kraken and like a sea otter fish thing. It was a merman. Merman, whatever. But the thing is, uh, after the battle, you can see the merman... Uh, sm- try to trying to break open the uh, Kraken's ice <laughs> like a sea otter. Yeah, that that was a good bit. That like you know, as like as like a time transition, the Berman like using a rock to like break open the ice that's stuck on the Kraken. That was a good bit. So I think we have another good recommendation. Give it a check. Yeah. And moving on to our third series, we have Noblesse, which is debuted October seventh. It's also streaming on Crunchyroll. And this is an adaptation of the Korean webcomic, and this is the one of Crunchyroll's, like, Crunchyroll Studios' original series. So they, they this is an original it. cult. Yeah, this is why I introduced myself as Yowie Hands. Big, big hands. 
And Noblesse is about the member of an ancient race of super beings known as the Nobles, who awakens after 820 years. In order to learn more about the modern day, he enrolls in a local high school. But he's not the only one that seems to be awakened. There seems to be a, a rival group of super beings that are also bent on chaos and destruction. And they seem to be trying to track down this one particular member. Uh, what do we think of Noblesse? Uh, um, I did not like it. I had no idea what was going on. I uh, did not know that the character was part of that. Um, they, it had its moments, but it was eh. It was very uh, below average for me. It was just not fun. It felt like the art style was just boring. You, All the characters had the same body type, which was skinny, lanky uh, boy with different colored hair. And uh, that, it just felt like some weird yaoi stuff. Uh, and uh, one thing that I kind of felt annoyed by was uh, when the kids were trying to talk to the main noble guy. Uh, he wouldn't say a single word. They would finish, not finish, they would say every <laughs> single thing that he wanted to say out loud. Like, hey, what are you doing after school today? And he'd be like, oh, you've got that thing to do. Okay, yes, I understand. And then he didn't say a single word to them. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, <laughs> and there was also a bit in there too where he, he was going to eat and they're like, aren't you going to eat? And he's like, I'm waiting for it to multiply. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but like, yeah, I, the, the art style is very, seems very uninspired. Um, just kind of, kind of, definitely kind of bland. Um, uh, like I said, it had its moments. Like, there's a part in there where um, the schoolmaster, who is the servant of this uh, kid, um, he, the, the, the character, the kid is like, hey, I'm going to go do that thing. And the, the master's like, oh, my God, he doesn't mean that thing I said last night. Oh, like, oh, my God, like, he's not going to do it. And then, like, we see, like, him open a drawer and there's light coming out. And I'm thinking, like, are we about to get some action with this guy already? <laughs> nope he get uh he goes downstairs and he goes to sign a kid's cast by putting a little kitty on it it's pretty bad that's the thing it was pretty badass yeah <laughs> uh it was pretty sick and um and there's also a good bit in there too where he was like he didn't say it directly but he was like people keep saying i should have this thing and then the, the guy's like he doesn't mean a cell phone <laughs> and he gets a cell phone like I don't like like I said it had its moments but yeah that it was just eh. What do you think, Pat? I think it had to sort of echo your sentiments. Like I don't think it was a bad series. It, to me, it just felt it felt like there wasn't enough content to maybe last like the, the twenty or so minutes because like this was a webtoon or a Korean comic manhwa whatever you like to call it. So I think maybe the stories were a bit shorter in the original format. So it felt to me they kind of felt like you know too little butter on too much toast because that to me feels like if it was maybe like a ten minute series, I feel like it wouldn't feel like as I don't know. It felt like you're just waiting for something to happen. Yeah, yeah. And like like you said, I don't think the animation quality was bad. It's just like the designs were very simplistic and like. No offense, but, like, some of the character designs kind of made me think of, like, my first anime book character designs. Like, all these rando, long-haired, beachy boys with, like, just randomly play scars. Or, you like, like <laughs> if you go to the Scholastic Book Fair of, say, How to Draw Manga, or one of those designs. Oh, fuck. Damn. You guys are killing. 
You were got burn. Mm. Damn, calm down. I'm sorry. It's just. Mm. Uh, there was one character that I thought was kind of funny and just in his design because he was like, there's, there's this gray-headed um, pretty boy who's like the the security guard for the school. And like he's apparently was a part of this failed super soldier program. He gets like really long claws and he has like all this drama about all his comrades and arms are dead, some such. But he has like this scar on the corner of his mouth. I'm like, did he eat a potato chip and it cut his lip? Because like that just seemed like a really weird place scar. Badass Joker. That's how the Joker Damn. got his scars in the uh, Dark Knight. It must have been a, um it probably was a, like a regular Lay's chip because those are sharp uh-uh. yeah there's there sharp potato chips out there you know when you get to c- cut in the corner of your mouth and it just like it hurts for like a day mm. <laughs> yeah okay finally relatable content in an anime oh no, thank god thank you lord jesus and i don't know maybe this just might have been a slow first episode because it because like you do get a, a bit of an action at the front where like the other nobles are just like killing the fuck out of these soldiers with weird and probable weapons, like they're all just really long and gangly. Okay, but there was a bit with like with the bad guy double team, where, like their tech guy is like in his van, and he's like clicking all these mouses. He has like a foot mouse thing that he's popping and bopping on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I assumed that was like uh, he was using that to control the drone that he had because like there was a little um, omnidirectional like ball or whatever in there, so. I thought that was probably what he was using. Um, they are they're part of the group called the Union. Mm. So see, see, giant evil vampires. They have a union. Why can't the rest of us? Exactly. Yep. Korea and the rest of the world protect workers' rights, please. And also, again, no context for this episode. So I I didn't know what was. I mean, like the most information we got was literally about um, the super soldier guy. But then it's like. But then, but then, even then, what what was his connection to everything? I don't know. Okay, I don't recommend it. Yeah, I uh, I'm not interested. No, thank you. So I think I'll have to pass on this one. But if this is if this is up your alley, feel free to check it out. I'll I'll do. I don't think we as a group could collectively recommend it. Moving moving right along to our next series, we have Higurashi When They Cry. We had that debuted October first. It's currently streaming on Hulu, and it's about a young boy named Keiichi Maybara and his family who moved to a small, isolated rural town where he befriends the children at this new school. But what follows is a, is a very dark and mysterious series of events. And what's interesting about this, this is the latest adaptation of the long-running horror series, When They Cry, which was a visual novel series. And the original anime ran from April 2006 to September 2006. And for me, this was like a big blast from the past, because I remember watching this show in high school, at like our high school anime club, and I didn't realize that it came out in 2006. That's really like, yeah. like 13, 14 years ago. It's like, shit. Yeah, making you age right there, huh? I'm just withering away. <laughs> like I said, grow up. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I, I, while I have a bit of a history with this series, I wanted to see what y'all thought. So what do you think of Higurashi? Uh, right off the bat, you can tell, or if you have any kind of history with visual novels at all, you can hear that visual novel iconic type of music in the background. I don't know what they use, but man, the music was very visual novelly, which is not really a bad thing. I th- enjoyed the music. It was very fun. I guess could you describe what you mean by visual novel music? Like, is it ambient? Like, what what exactly do you mean by that for folks who haven't really played a visual novel? A visual novel music, when it comes down to it, 
almost all of it sounds the same. Uh, it's just like kind of happy, like five second loop, slice of life, kind of happy uh, elevator music, kind of. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. There's only like five or six tracks in like every visual novel ever. That's not real uh, stats, but it's pretty much the same. But uh, when it comes to the actual show and the content in it, this was the most Halloween shit out of everything, in my opinion. I actually had some, like, horror, like, vibes going on here. I was, like, on my ed- on edge a little bit, actually watching this. Uh, it seems actually pretty fun when it's not doing weird lolly shit. I'm not into that. But the cool stuff, the spookiness, I want to know more about it. I want to go back into that dump area and see what's going on. Yeah, I... Uh, that whatever was going on with that lolly stuff, I want no part of that. Um, just give me, uh, <laughs> just oh my god, that uh, mm, they really throw you, they throw they sort of throw you in it when when you first start the episode with uh, with uh, our main character just I don't know who was he he was beating the shit out. Of. He's just going to town on someone. Someone just. Well, by going to town, he means like this, that there's, there's a really hard opening when you've seen the main character, you know. You hear somebody like panting and gasping. You see blood splattering and a baseball bat going up and down. You see the main character like beating the bloody, br- broken corpses of these two people, and which is sort of like this, like you know, in media res sort of start to the series, and then it cuts to the main character waking up and going to school, where he meets like all the all the little girl characters that he shares his class with which apparently because the school is so small like it's like a old timey school like literally all the kids are together all ages yeah. all grades it's also set in 1985 which also i don't know what about it everything set in the 80s is spooky with the right uh ambience for some reason the green haired girl got a gun i i, I did not remember that in the og series because when they go out for the little friend picnic for whatever reason, because it's not mentioned at all, you just see them having like this nice little stroll, and she's got a fucking Glock like strapped to her chest, and it's just not mentioned. You know, the eighties was a different time, Pat. You just don't know. <laughs> yeah, like in like in Stranger Things, the kids they can just get ride, go on their bikes and ride around with no supervision. Like kids could also have guns in the eighties. Who knew? I mean, I guess uh, I I wasn't alive, so I can't. I can't talk about it. Um, I don't know. I'm young. But anyway, it was pretty creepy. Uh, when every time, every time uh, a character asks, "Hey, did something? Did something bad happen here?" and they're like, "No, nothing happened." Like at first, I thought it was just going to be that one girl, but then it was also the green-haired girl, and I was like, "Oh shit!" It's okay. Yeah, it's definitely the entire fucking town. Yeah, it's straight up the Family Guy bit uh, where they're on the tour bus in Germany, and they're like, "Nothing bad happened." Between, like, 1939 and 1945. Nothing happened. Everybody went on vacation. Just sort of going back to my history, like, I remember watching this, you know, years ago. And, like, like you said, like, because the first, because the, the show kind of leads you to this false insecurity. Like, it's very, it's, it's very like, almost saccharine um, story with, like, these, like, you know, the main character and these girls all hanging out, having a good time, being, like, cutesy, bootsy, ooh-woo. And then there's a, there's a swerve later on in the episode where he, where the boy accompanies one of the girls to this dump because she likes to go dumpster diving and find like discarded cute things and he, they run into a photographer who sort of drops a hint that there's like this 
shady murder mystery that happened in the town. And he learned that the villagers were able to, like, fight tooth and nail to drive off this big construction company from building a dam and, like, flood in the area where they all live. But the big mystery is there's a construction worker who was lynched and killed and dismembered. And apparently there's still body parts missing. And so, like, when he, when he tries to ask the other girls about it, they tell, or they try to, either they just blow it off or say, oh, I wasn't, I just moved here, so I don't know any of the, the sound history. But, like, obviously, there's, there's they obviously know more than they appear. And it has some, even knowing where the story goes from this point, you still get a really good spooky vibe because not, not only, like, a spooky vibe was, like, the mysterious of the, of the characters, but also, like, a really good seasonal vibe, because, like, it, the movie, the show takes place in, like, late, early uh, summer, and you get that, like, summer evening kind of feel, you know what I mean? With the cicadas blasting full volume, uh, it's got, like, a, it's always, it felt like the show is always, uh, like, about to go dark, it's about to be nighttime. And it just felt like prime summertime, like you're saying, August going into September. And what I will say, I, I, I know because it's a bit of a spoiler, no spoiler sort of thing. The show is sort of broken into different smaller story arcs because there's, there's like at least, I feel like, four to eight. I forget how exactly how many of like smaller story arcs that happen over the course of this series. And it's all really spooky and bizarre. And I feel like... I, I want to go back into it just as well as to relive that that experience of watching the first time because it really ramps up from here in terms of the spooky shit. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, this is one of the I really want to keep up with. It seems if it continues with the same amount of spookiness or like uneasiness, I definitely want to keep watching. All right, and going going to our last series of the night, we have Burn the Witch. Which debuted October second. It's currently streaming on Crunchyroll. This is a OVA series, which is like it's basically a movie kind of chopped up into three episodes. And it's about two witches, Noel Nihashi and Nini Sprankol, and as they work for the organization known as the Wingbind Group, which protects London from uh, giant malicious dragons through the power of magic. And this is this is a new series from the creator of Bleach, Tyke Kubo. It was originally released as a one-shot earlier this year in, in March and followed by four additional chapters released throughout August and September. So what do we think of Burn the Witch? Yeah, coming from somebody that... I love Bleach. I really do. This was... It just... Oh my god, I love this so much. I've seen all three episodes already because it's... For, to me, it was like as soon as I finished episode one, I had to go to the next and then the next... And god damn, I love Burn the Witch so, so much. From the designs, which are the iconic type Kubo-type designs. Uh, but one thing I will notice is that every female face is kind of the same, but everything else about them is different. Uh, kind of like how uh, Araki does with Jojo, and their faces are kind of similar. It's super good. I really, really like this. I... I'm trying to remember where the first episode ends so I don't say too much, but boy, give it a go. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right there. Give it a go. What about you guys? As someone who had like a big bleach fatigue after being a fan for a long time, um, this really sort of reinvigorated my interest in Tight Kubo because like he has a very stylish art style. And if you know Tight Kubo, if you even just have a cursory knowledge of bleach, you know just like how um, like extravagant and 
really over the top his character design arc. Cause it's like it's very like high fashion, like just very not very practical, but very like engaging visually. And I I I've only watched the first episode of, of the series, but I've read all the manga, and I'm I had a lot of fun with it. Although I thought it kind of had like a very sudden ending, but I'm I'm very interested to sort of to rewatch this and see like what was a lot of fun action in the in the manga see that translated to the screen because this obviously because it's a shorter series it has the highest production values of all the ones we talked about today and like it looks great and like it's gorgeous from the cg to the the traditional animation like it's a it's a top-notch series in terms of just like sheer animation quality oh yeah the animation over the top absolutely beautiful and uh overall it's only 60 minutes it's 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 just I need more. I just need more of this. Uh, it kind of sucks that there's only like five chapters out after this takes place. So I, once you finish this, you're gonna be waiting a bit for some more animation. And I'd be honestly, I'd be a bit surprised if we don't get anything more out of this because, from what I could tell, it was fairly well received in the manga, and like. They're, this is obviously setting the stage for like a, a bigger protracted series if they want to continue with it. Man, if they did a series of this, I would eat that shit up. I would watch it because I, man, I have to watch the other two episodes now. <laughs> um, like, I remember watching, attempting to watch some Bleach and I couldn't get into it. But this, I was like immediately just pulled in. I was like, hell yes. Uh, like, like Pat said, it's so luscious and stylish and just pretty, and like uh, the visuals are just fantastic. I like, I like the dog dragon. Good shit. Yeah, oh sushi. Oh sushi. Good shit, bro. Good shit, man. That's the cutest anime dog. Yeah, he's he's obviously uh, the best anime dog of the season. I'm gonna say an early contender for best anime dog of the year. Oh, 100 I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't think of anybody else who would compete you know they're pro- they're out there though um ah, yeah i um i just i really enjoy the magic and what they're doing and like the dragon designs um that one dragon that they fight that turns out to be a dark dragon that the way it walked uh and the way it looked around it reminded immediately of a gecko like i was like yeah man yeah um I don't, I'm very interested in the world as well because like we get uh we get a glimpse of like the higher higher ups i guess um they all seem very interesting, uh, especially that Bruno, that Bruno guy, that blue, the blue dude. He's been popping up all over my feed. Uh, so <laughs> he, uh, please watch the rest. It's so good. Uh, one of the best new characters of the of the season, Bruno Bang Knife. <laughs> Is that his name? Yeah, Hell Bruno yeah. Bang Knife. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I like the um, I like our two main characters, uh, female characters. You have you have one who's like the um, kind of like not. Uh, not rude, but I guess like very. Uh, Oscar from Evangelion type. Yeah, yeah, and then you have uh, she. She wants to be called Noelle, um, black-haired girl. She's like more reserved, but also she's some more like well, not I don't, I don't want to say competent, but she's some more like straight lay series of the two, and she's trying to she's working hard in the company to like to get money to get get herself a better station in life and. Uh, Nini, it's implied that she's like a model or an idol, so people don't take her very seriously. So she's using the sort of reputation, the, 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 the curry reputation as a more substantial person by being employed by this, you know, this giant 
dragon fighting organization. Yeah, because like there's some other um, because they're these witches are called pipers, uh, and then there's some other group called sabers. Really, really excited to see what's that about. Tai Kubo going out with his squad rankings and names and all that shit. It just gets me more excited. It's getting me so hyped, especially uh, after confirming some stuff at the final episode. There was, which really you'll only get if you're a bleach. There was fan. also something interesting too when uh, at the very end you see uh, I think it's a woman that Nini uh, bounces into, uh, like bumps into. She's at like her home. There's a hole in the wall, and she's petting some dragon. And then the Bruno guy appears through the doorway. We only see the back of his head, and then that's where it ends. So I'm very interested what that whole situation is. Yeah, because um, what what follows with with this mysterious new girl and how Nini and the Noel are attached to that, and and their confrontation with Bruno, the leader of the Sabers, like that is a really fun like sort of action sequence. Like, of course, we only, talk, we only talk about the first episode here, but, like, of course, it's it's kind of all together. But, like, this is a, this was a lot of fun. It, it, it was a lot of fun just to read and, like, to see it, like, see everything animated. It, it was just great. And um, just, like, small moments. Like, of course, you know, I loved Osushi. Like, he's just so disgustingly cute. How he how he's, like, he's kind of, like, tittering around and, like, licking and just being adorable. And, like, some of them, how they use the magic. They have what it called the Pipers. They have, like, these little, like, it kind of looks like a ray gun mixed with a pipe. Like, you know, they kind of blow into it. They shoot their magic or they use, like, a ray gun. But the, the one spell Noel uses, the Gatling Crown, that was a really the, cool that scene. That was good shit, yeah. Super sick. This, this to me, um, this has my highest recommendation of a, of the series we talked about this fall. Um, of course, you know, it's just kind of one and done for now. But this has my strongest recommendation for just something you should go out of your way to check out. Oh, yeah. But as for a continuing series, which one would y'all recommend as the strongest of the crop that we talked about? Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is my number one. I had to give it to Jujutsu Kaisen. I, I, I guess we'll be unanimous because I, I would say Jujutsu Kaisen is my um, number one. Um, my number two is Higurashi because uh, I just have a... Uh, affection for that series as, as like a something I watched in, in the past and like I want to see how they translate the series in this new adaptation. The only one that I'd say don't watch is Noblesse. Uh, everything else, I enthusiastically think you should give it a check. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I'm with Pat too. Like my number two is Higurashi, and then as you can tell, my number three would be Dragon Quest. Um, I don't know if I would ever get back to Dragon Quest, but I would definitely keep up with the the latter two, and then I'm going to finish off Burn the Witch. No, I'll definitely I'll definitely finish Burn Burn the Witch as soon as I can because like it's only it's three twenty minute episodes, so you can like knock it out pretty quick. Oh yeah. So I think that's our fall anime review. Um, we have we had a, a much bigger crop uh, this fall. We couldn't we couldn't get to every series because there there it's, it's a it's a summer was a bit small for us, but. Of course, these aren't the only series we'll be talking about. Cult- cultivated this list we've taken for that. And so there's even more series out there that we, should, we definitely uh, should check out outside of what we talked about. And if, anything, if there's anything we missed on our review, please let us know. What are you watching? What do you want to keep up with? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And I guess we'll be wrapping up now. Um, so thank you all for listening today. We really do appreciate that. Be sure to follow us online and uh, listen to wherever your podcast is streaming, whether it's SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, and, or any RSS feed catcher out there. We're there. 
Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe on all those platforms. It helps us out. Five stars. Share it with your friends. That you know, just keeps us going, spreads the banter around, and just sort of keeps the show moving along. And you can follow us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at AYC Podcasts, Letterboxd, and Facebook at All You Can Hear. On Twitch at twitch.tv slash all you can hear and YouTube, which is also at all you can hear. And lastly, you can follow me, Patrick, on Twitter, Instagram. Get John lost his name and my art on Facebook. It's John lost his name art. My name is Colt. You can follow me on Twitter at ColtD00. Uh, thank you for listening. This was uh, a very good season. Uh, do a backflip over a pumpkin. <laughs> hey. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Winsley. You can follow me on Twitter at Winsley Booking. Follow my art Instagram at World Winsley. If you want to follow my letterbox and Goodreads, go to my link tree and both of my plugs, and you'll find those. Um, yeah. Uh, it's lit. Y'all, yeah, baby. So uh, thank you all so much. Take care of yourselves, and uh, we have more spooky content coming your way the rest of the month. So stay tuned for that. Goodbye.